Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Thank you, Brother Long, for filling in for the drummer. Amen. All right. We are so glad you are here today. How many of you are glad to be here today? How many of you are thankful today? How many of you like the sunshine out there today? little vitamin D. Amen. And uh, we also, uh, we are going to, uh, we're going to have dinner after church today. So, amen. We invite, you are invited. You are invited. If there is not enough food there, we will send somebody down to McDonald's and buy enough food, okay? Chicken nuggets. Praise God, but we are, we are so thankful, amen, and uh, it is, uh, it's just always good, always good to be in the house of the Lord, and uh, good to have all of you with us. Uh, we have Sister Gracie has a friend named Cherry, Cherry, and... Cherry has a connection to Burma, Myanmar, and I told her I, I will share some photos of my journeys into Burma, amen, after service today. All right, we're going to call your attention to Genesis 25, verses 5 and 6, and verse number 11, and if I could get those track lights turned way down, please. All right, here we go. Verse number five, it says, And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. All. But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. And verse number 11, and it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt at Beer Laha Roy. Boy, I did a good job on pronouncing that word, didn't I? And I would like to speak to you this morning on this thought, are you in your father's will? Amen. You would lift your hearts with me for just a moment, Amen, and and uh, praise God. How many are are thankful for the word of the Lord, Amen? And let's just lift our hearts to Him and ask Him that He would touch us here with His word today, Heavenly Father. We are so very thankful, Amen, for this assembly, Lord, that we know we know You have ordained, God, and we pray that you would touch our hearts. We are thankful for your presence that we have felt and currently feel, but we ask you, God, to speak directly from your word to our hearts today. Amen. And we promise you that we'll give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Praise God. That's a... Uh, that's a very uh, what a profound question, isn't it? Are you in your Father's will? We read to you, Abraham gave, listen carefully to this, Abraham gave everything. The Bible says everything. He had Isaac, but to his other sons, he gave gifts while they were living, sent them away. Amen. Away from Isaac, his son of promise. Isaac was the son of promise. Isaac was the covenant son. Isaac was whom all of the inheritance that God had blessed Abraham and promised him 
Isaac was going to be the recipient of that. And Abraham's everything was the all-inclusive covenant given to him from God. We know that. It was land. It was, it was the, uh, the promise that the, all families of the earth were going to have an opportunity to be blessed through his family. He said, look up at the stars. As you can count the stars, that's how many are going to be a recipient of your blessing that I'm going to give you. That's quite, a, uh, that's quite a large promise. Genesis 17 and 10 says, This is my covenant, talking to Abraham, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child shall be circumcised, and you probably, to the male folks here today, you probably don't want to wait until you're 90 like Abraham, okay, to get that done. <laughs> okay, just kidding, okay. But he said, listen carefully to this. He says that this shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you, and he who is not circumcised shall be cut off because he has broken my covenant. Verse number 11 says, After the death of Abraham, God blessed his son Isaac. Beginning with Abraham and Isaac, we begin to see a pattern in our walk with God. It's all about the covenant, God's covenant will, as it is passed on through the family of Abraham in the Old Testament. Abraham's inheritance and God's blessing follow the covenant holder. Okay? God's covenant will could not be passed on to Abraham's other sons, Ishmael, Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, or Shua. You did know that Abraham had other sons, right? But God's covenant could not be passed on to them. They were given gifts while they were alive, but they were, there was a separation there. And verse number 6 tells us Abraham gave them gifts while he was still alive. Here you go, Midian. Here you go, Jokshan. But he sent them away. Isaac was the son of promise, but even Isaac could not receive the promised covenant while Abraham was still alive. Neither could God's blessing be fulfilled in the life of Isaac while Abraham was still alive. You with me so far? Let me ask you this. How many here this morning have living parents? Are you in their will? And if so, what do you stand to inherit? And, here you go, children, listen up. Does the relationship you have with your parents have any merit on your inheritance? Now, I've heard stories, okay, in the natural of dad's, Boom, they, they disown their child for whatever reason. Amen? You've heard stories probably like that. 
But let me ask you here in the beginning, we're at, just as a question that will gain a little momentum here as we get into our thought here this morning, but let me ask the parents here this morning, is there anything that would compel you as a parent to disown your children to the point of cutting them out of your will? Pertinent question, huh? This is a good, okay, good reminder, children. You want to be in a good relationship with your parents. Right? Hello. And we, I'm saying that kind of sarcastically, but we all know that you should be. No matter what your mom and dad figure, they give you the 53 Plymouth, three on the column, or the new Corvette, all right? You sh that should not mean any. You should always be and work really, really hard on maintaining a very good relationship with your parents. There are only two things we can really count on that we inherit from our parents. Like it or not, we inherit, most say, 50-50, okay, DNA. I read one article where it says if you're a man, child, you inherit 49% of dad's DNA and 51% of mom's. Figure that one out. But most of them just say, yeah, we're 50-50. Okay? Which contains some of your parents' likeness and character traits, whether you like it or not. Hello? That's just the way, that's the way it is. Whatever family you're born into, you're stuck with. Okay, whether you got a stepdad or a stepmom, okay, your DNA came from the original. And no matter how much better teenagers that you think that you are, okay, then you have mom and dad's DNA. That's just the way it is, all right? You are going to one day grow up. And, Devin, you are going to act like your dad and or your mom. Boy, that could be a very concerning thought to some of us, right? Do you, do you really want your children to carry on some of the traits that you have? You also, though along with that, you also have the opportunity to enjoy the provisions and the assets that your parents have worked toward very hard to give you the lifestyle that you enjoy. You didn't, at five years of age or ten years of age, you didn't wake up one day and just all of a sudden fell out of the sky, you know, Santa coming down through the chimney didn't drop you off into an environment that you currently have. No, sir. You, because you were born into that family, then your parents have worked very hard to create an environment and attain some assets like a home and clothes and food on your table that you enjoy because of what they did. Now, unless you started selling newspapers on the streets, going into taverns at the age of, you know, seven or eight, 
to help pay the bills. I don't know who would do that, but I'm just saying that I heard a story about that one time. And but number two, you inherited the most important thing at all of all, life. Life. That's what your parents gave you. Life. They loved you enough that even though you were kicking inside mom's stomach, they still, mom still decided, well, if you, you know, if you weren't there, I'd probably slap you a few times, but I can't get to you. But I love you enough, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give birth to you and give you this great thing called life. And it's an opportunity to, are you ready? It's an opportunity, Isaac and Jacob, those are such good names. It's an opportunity for you to upgrade your family name. You know, to improve on mom and dad. To make that name Wad something incredible. To upgrade it. But whether you like it or not, mom and dad threw their 50-50 DNA in the mixing bowl and poof, here you are. Stirred you up a little bit, had no idea what you were going to turn out to be, but little help from God. But that wasn't the way it always was in the beginning. We know the story, Genesis chapter 1. Is that Scott? Hi, Scott. How are you? We know the story. The Bible says God created, are you with me? Listen carefully. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. The Amplified Bible reads like this. reads his own image, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And, listen carefully, and God blessed them. God didn't curse them. He didn't judge them in the beginning. He said, are you kidding I created them with a spiritual personality and moral compass like me, and I'm going to bless them. And the first words that he spoke to them were, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion. This was, in a sense, their father's living will, if I could put that on there. Could we say they inherited in the beginning, in the beginning they inherited all God had for them while they were still alive? Was it meant for them to be the inheritors of eternal life at the point of creation? Thank you. At least I got one person that agrees. Because verse 9 tells me that in the, in the Garden of Eden, there was the tree of life. Here's a very important question. Whose DNA did they inherit? We were created in His image and likeness. We were created in the beginning. Hold on. We were created created to reflect our Father's glory 
to be an expression of his divine character to put God's glory on display. What personality traits were on display? What do you think? Oh, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, wrath, strife, envying, murder, drunkenness. No, that comes after the fall. Let me, whose DNA did they have? (laughs) What personality traits did they have? Maybe just a little bit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there was no law. So tell me, please, how did you get so messed up? Go ahead, go ahead, point. How did you get so messed up? We know Romans 5 19, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also, so also, thank God, by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Therefore, as through one man's offense, you, you inherited a very filthy portion of DNA from your mama and dada. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Simply put, it don't matter how uppity you think your parents or family is, nor how bad your parents you think they are, the good DNA or the bad DNA you inherited from your parents. We all still have the saints, the stain of sin included in our current DNA that came from your original parents after the fall in the garden. You understand it got worser and worser and worser. I can spell it for you. And so God's covenant enters into the lives of men, beginning with Abraham, a plan to reconcile this broken, broken relationship with our heavenly Father. Are you with me? The Old Testament covenant addressed the conscience through fear, hiding from Adam where do you where are you? I'm hiding from the presence of God. Aren't you very, very thankful this morning that you no longer have to hide from God, but that you can come before Him and you can worship God? The New Testament covenant. Covenant aims straight for the heart, the center of moral power, whose focus is love. The Old Testament covenant was a system in which men remembered, do this, do that, bring a sheep, bring a dove, bring a turtle dove, bring... The New Testament covenant is a system, listen carefully, a system in which men aspire to become. The Old Testament covenant was God hidden in a sense, 
The New Testament covenant is God made known through Jesus Christ. The New Testament covenant is alive. It is a living force in today's world. We call it the church of the Most High God. We call you and me, we are the sons and the daughters of God. Hebrews 9, Hebrews, I don't know how you could ever get the full impact of that book, but part of it reads like this, for this reason he is the mediator, Jesus, and negotiator of a new covenant, an entirely new agreement uniting God and man so that those who have been called by God may receive the fulfillment of the promised eternal inheritance. Whoa. Since a death has taken place as the payment which redeems them from the sins committed under the first covenant, For where there is a will and testament involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. For will and testament takes effect only. Isaac, you cannot receive the promises and the inheritance and the covenant that God put into Abraham until Abraham dies. Let me... We, the recipients of this New Testament salvation, it could not take place until first there came the death of the Savior. Aren't you just thankful this morning that He came and He gave His life so that you and I could be born again into His family? You want to know what I inherited from my parents? Talk to me after church. Wow. In fact, it never, it it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. John 1 states it this way. He was in the world, the world was made by him, the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. The Amplified Version reads, But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God, that is, to those who believe in and adhere to, and trust in, and rely on His name. Which were born not of blood, natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, physical impulse, nor of the will of man, that of a natural father, but of God. That is a divine and supernatural birth, They are born of God, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified. In other words, folks, when we are born again, we lose the natural name that was given to you, in a sense, by your mom and your dad, and now you are born spiritually 
connected once again with the very creator that designed you to have his image and his likeness so that you can manifest his glory while you are here on earth so that you can upgrade Here lays the foundation for the good news. Our Savior has come. First man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord of heaven. As we have borne the image of the earthy, the writer says, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Listen, you may not see a crown on your head right now. You may not see a halo floating around you. But I'm here to remind, if you have been born again, you have a spiritual anointing that connects you with your Father who has ascended back into His glory. Says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The last will and testament our heavenly Father left us was, God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Is that right? That was that was the very foundation of His will, is that He wants you to be saved. He wants everyone to be saved. Not willing. He is not willing that any should perish. That's not his will. His will is for you to be saved. His will is for you to to receive that connection back to the heavenly. Mary, the son in your womb, was conceived of the Holy Ghost. That's not contaminated with the seed of, of man. Somebody was talking about this this morning, Sister Reyes was bringing a great lesson and somebody brought up the fact that in today's world, Christians believe in, I don't know, sometimes. Some don't believe in the resurrection, some don't believe in the rapture of the church, some don't believe in then filling with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, some don't believe with baptism. In Jesus' name for the remission. And some don't even believe in repentance. Uh-oh. That'll get you nowhere. But that which was conceived in the Virgin Mary was not contaminated by you, Adam. Thank you very much. Hello. Hello. That which was conceived in her was conceived in the Holy Ghost. The spirit of the one that spoke the word into and creation became a reality. Thou shall call his name, Mary, you don't even get to pick the name. The only thing, Mary, that you are is blessed among women, okay? You are the conduit because according to the scriptures, Eve was deceived, all right, by the devil. Adam willingly was deceived by Mrs. Adam. They both got high, but then they came down. And then they felt paranoia. Well, you don't even get to pick his name. His name is Jesus. And it's not an if or a but. He shall save his people from their sins. He will get it done. Nobody will stop him. Herod will not stop him. 
Satan will not stop him. He will save his people. He will save you. That was his mission. Jesus said it like this of what we refer to as the Last Supper. He took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to them, saying, Drink all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. There cannot be a New Testament or a will until the testator dies. We understand that. That's not rocket science. But listen carefully. Depending on his power, resources, and authority. How rich is your daddy? Come on. Because you are only going to get according to what he has to give. I know some of you would like turn around and some of you say, well, you know, on that note, I would like to claim him as my dad. He can dispense his will and his inheritance to whom ever he chooses, and he does not need anyone to agree. If my Father in heaven wants to bless me, oh, excuse me, he already has a hundredfold, okay? But if he wants to bless you a thousandfold, and I don't think that you're deserving of it, I might be able to change it. No. Huh. <laughs> because... The Lord will reach out and he will, he will reach into the very depths of sin and he will find a Mary Magdalene to show his glory. Or he will reach into the life of a leper and cleanse him. Or he will reach into a life of a man that's been lame for 38 years, laying at the doorstep of the church, and one day walks in and God will heal him. And you say, well, he, he should have been healed a long time ago. His faith is a... No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, according, it's according to his power, your father's power, resources, and authority. He doesn't need... And listen, a natural will can be contested by family members for a couple of different reasons. But Jesus, the perfect representation of God in human form, has inherited everything from God. The scriptures say that. And is his to give away to whomever he draws to repentance and believe in and, and acts on the new birth message. Are you with me? John 3 tells us there was a rabbi named Nicodemus who came by night. He came to Jesus, you know, Master? He says, nobody can do what you're doing except God's with him. Lord, Jesus didn't even come, he doesn't even answer that. He says, Nicodemus, he says, I'll tell you what, he says, verily, verily. He says, I'm telling you that you, I assure you, and from the Amplified Version, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. How's that going to happen, Nicodemus? He says, whoa, how am I going to get this accomplished? Can I enter the second time into mom? How many of you would like to be born again? Start over from scratch, right? 
Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless, a born, uh, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot ever enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You can look at your mom and your dad today and you can say, Sorry, mom, you don't quite cut it, dad. Mom and dad, you, you know, you can't give me the things I need spiritually. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not. You, got, you didn't know they had Marvel magazines back then. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed. The only way that you can be written in to your Father's will is you have to be born into his family. That's it. The new birth message. Acts 2, 38 and 39. How can I be born again into my Father's will? the one that owns everything and has all power and authority to dispense to me the things that he wants to give to me, Brother Jack. How can I be born again? We know the message. Acts 2.38, the day of Pentecost was fully come. Jesus died, buried, rose again. He didn't stop there. He showed himself alive for a period of 40 days, up to 500 at a time. And then, I like this part, he ascended back into glory. And he blessed them, the Bible says. He blessed them. We know Colossians 2 tells it like this, For in him, listen carefully, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you were circumcised with the circumcision, made without hands, in putting off the body of sin of the flesh by circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism. You are also you rise with him through the faith of the operation of God who raised him from the dead. Forgiveness and remission of sins. Acts 2.38, Peter stood up. We know the message after the Holy Ghost was poured out. After that spirit of reconciliation, transformation, power endued from on high, the Bible says, the power to resurrect you from, a, from a, a natural life of sin and despair that when he poured out the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, that spirit of his that raised him from the dead is the same spirit of promise that he said, I will put that right into your heart and give you the power to overcome sin in your life. In whom also when you heard the word through the good news of your salvation, as a result believed in him, were stamped with the seal of promise, the Holy Ghost, as owned. When God filled you with the Holy Ghost, it was his guarantee that he owned you. You were born into his family and he promises to protect you as his own child. Goes on to say the Spirit is the guarantee, the first installment, the pledge or a foretaste of the down payment of your inheritance until the redemption of God's own purchase, possession, his believers to the praise of his glory. 
In other words, oh my goodness, folks, we, we need to get this and we need to run with this thing that God has you in His will. You are in His inheritance. He wants to bless you with everything that He's got. And it starts with you and I receiving the message of the born again baptism of water and of spirit. Remember in the natural, the family you are born into provides you with all the benefits that your parents have worked so hard to give to you while you are alive. Provision, protection, comfort. The most important portion of your inheritance is life. The environment they have built for you to grow up in. Oh my goodness. I can look around here this morning and I can tell you that some folks that did not come out of a very healthy spiritual environment. Are you one of them? Whoa, enough to make your head spin. Listen to me. Can you count on your parents being there for you? I wish the kids were in here. You need to, kids, you need to ask mom and dad, can I count on you to be there for me, mom? Dad, will you be there for me when I need you? Will you create, will you make sure that the home that I can, that I go back to after going through the, the nonsense of the public school system, will you make sure, Dad, that when I come home that there's an environment that offers me safety and spiritual growth? Will you make sure that it's a place of peace and happiness? Will you make sure that there's no contention in my home because I want you to promise me that you're going to be there for me? Oh, come on, dads. Come on, moms. See, your heavenly father left a couple things in his will. Number one, he opened the door for the entire human race to become part of his family. Don't get it, whomsoever will. And such were some of you. There are a couple things that he left us that are guaranteed. John 10, 7, Amplified says, Jesus said, I assure you, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I am the door for the sheep leading to life. I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved. Come on. This is a guarantee. This is not just a fiction that is tossed up on the billboards of Wall Street. This is a guarantee from the one that purchased it with his own redemption blood. He said, I guarantee you that whoever enters through me will be saved and will live forever and will go in and out freely and find spiritual security Oh, come on, folks. You might be somewhat tossed around this morning by the shock waves of what's going on in the world today. No, sir. Your dad never meant for you to be tossed to and fro. He said, I'm telling you that when I leave, the job will be finalized, and I will be able to guarantee you that your spiritual life will be secure. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but I came that they might have life. Listen, 
The only real thing that you really inherit from your parents is life. The, the, listen to me, yeah, the thing that we inherit uh, the, when we are born again is not just life, uh, but we inherit uh, the abundant life. Oh, it bothers me greatly when I see people believe that live below what they're supposed to be living. Come on, your dad doesn't live on welfare. He doesn't go through the scraps of the, the trash bins in order to feed you. He's rich. And he said, I guarantee you that if you will, if you will receive me into your life, that if you will walk with me, that if you will serve me, that I will give you the abundant life. That means that he will fill that cup until it is overflowing. It's a guarantee. It's in his will. He says also, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. This is not the end, folks. This is the beginning. This is not the end. This natural life is only the starting point. It's only that you and I, in the short time that we have, that we can showcase the glory, the DNA that came from heaven's throne. You are to be a masterpiece on earth. You are to, you are to express his glory. You are to give off of his character traits to the world. Here's a guarantee, John 14, 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. That is translated orphan. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. How are you not going to leave us comfortless? He says, I will come to you. How are you going to come to us? Because the comforter, the Holy Ghost, I'm going to put into your life. Here's a guarantee that comes from God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never, never. We go through stuff, oh my goodness. Some of us things that you all have gone through and are going through is enough to just make me fall on my knees. But the only guarantee that we have in this life is that he will be with us. He will never leave you. And he will always give you whatever it takes to get you through whatever trials that come your way. It's a guarantee. Jesus came to them saying, all power, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. He said, go ye therefore into all nations, teaching them. And baptizing them. Said, and then I am with you always, even to the end of the world. By his death, he has saved us. How much more by his life? As you stand with us, listen carefully to this. Book of Romans chapter 5 says, For if while we were God's enemies... We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Whoa. Get the picture. Hebrews tells us now we have a high priest that lives forever. Priesthood that never changes. Jesus being our high priest. Therefore, 
He is able also to save forever, completely, perfectly, for eternity, those who come to God through him, since he always lives. Listen to this. Listen to this. He lives if he saved you by coming and giving his life on Calvary's cross. How much more does he want to keep you saved? Since he always lives to intercede and intervene on your behalf. Whoa. Let that sink in for just a moment. How many times do I have to forgive my brother? Peter thought he was doing great by Raising the limit to seven because the rabbi teaching of the day was three times. That was it. Four times, if your brother offends you, and one day, four times, you're done. Peter thought he was doing good. He said, I'm up, I'm up at it seven times. Lord. She said, no, no, no. He says, how about four? How many? Somebody hit remind me. How much? How many is that? A day? Any day. Let me ask you this. What is the debt limit on God's mercy card? Is he rich enough? What's his debt limit for you? How many times... How many times a day can you be stupid? Probably at least one and a half. Unless your wife's counting. Or your kids. Or your grandkids. Come on. What's the debt limit? What's the debt limit on God's mercy card? Well, God, you, can't, you cannot take that prodigal back after what he's done out there in the world. Oh, watch me. You watch, I'll run. You watch, I'll take out the best rope. You watch, I'll kill the fatted calf. You watch because you know what? It is not under your guidance or authority how I dispense my mercy. Whoa. What sin or failure will cause him to cut you out of his will. Think about it. Parents, what could your son or daughter do that would take you to the extreme and you say, you're done. You're done. Listen to me carefully. I have heard of one preacher, but I've heard several, that once their child went the way of the prodigal, they disowned them to the point where they were never allowed to come to their home again. Whoa, what kind of tainted theology is that? Are you in your father's will? If you've not been born again, you need to think about that seriously.
you have not repented, if you've not been baptized in water, immersed in the name of your heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and have the Holy Ghost alive in you. I'm not talking about a dormant spirit. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost when it comes into you, that it kind of like sets you on fire. Last time I checked, it kind of sets you on fire. When I was born again, <laughs> Brother Jack, you come, you got some history in you, man. When I was born again, I had to, yeah, it, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It took me probably a good year plus to even get the idea that God loved me enough to offer me all of this. I, I couldn't accept it. <laughs> There's no, you can't do that, Brother Jeff. Come on. You don't know who I am, God. You don't know the DNA that I inherited from my parents and how messed up I am. You got no right to give me this kind of You know what? Forty plus years later, <laughs> here we are, a couple of welfare kids. Dysfunctional homes. The only inheritance I ever got was my stepdad's ashes sent to me in the mailbox. That's it. I whoa. Here we are. <laughs> I just, I guess the only thing I can do is say, well, it worked for us. And if it can work for us, then I just have this crazy, crazy idea that it can work for anybody. We're going to open the altar here this morning. It all starts right here. Starts right here. The altar. Where we willingly come. We say, Lord, <laughs> you know, I would sure like a little bit more of your DNA running through my bloodstream. Come on. You need to, Maybe you're here this morning and it's been a while since you felt that refill okay that 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 fire burning inside of you that comes from the power of the holy ghost come on he's he's still alive today all right he's still pouring out his spirit you need a refreshing a refilling a renewing a reconciliation you need for whatever it is you need then I, my dad's rich enough that he can give it to you and he hasn't maxed out his debit card yet. If we sin, we have an advocate. Lord, I messed up. You got, you know what I do? Right? I say, Lord, I messed up. Just put this to your account, okay? Because I can't. I'm not rich, but I know you are. Here you go. Put it on my, put it on my, on my account, okay? Put it to put it to your account. Oh, come on, that's it. Our guests, our visitors, why don't you come down here and join us? Come on down here. Hallelujah. Oh, that's it. Come on. That's it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Oh, come on, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's exalt him. Give him praise, give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be afraid. We'll make room for you. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless my brother God. Bless my brother Lord. Bless my brother Lord. Bless my brother Lord. Yes, Lord. Bless us, God. Touch us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Jesus' name, Lord. We praise you. We love you. We thank you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish Nat was here to pray for him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless my brother, Lord. Bless my brother, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless my brother, Lord. Bless my sister, Lord. Bless my sister, Lord. Bless my brother, Jack, God. Thankful, Lord. Thankful, Lord. Thankful, Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, Scott, good to see you, bro. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Robin? What is it? Good to have you with us. You made my day. Call me fabulous. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You are who you are. Yes. Yes. Who I am. Oh, God. That's Nat's friend, right? That's it, Austin. That's it, Austin. Let him bless you. Let him bless you. That's it. Yes. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Come on. Perfect Lord. Perfect Lord. Perfect Lord. Perfect Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh God. Who you are. Who you are. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Who you are, Lord. Who you are. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah.